Hi, everyone, and welcome to the In the Shoes of podcast, where I make it my goal to see life as much as possible from someone else's point of view. Just like we all have a unique heartbeat, every single one of us sees life only from our own perspectives. Think about it. Can you see and process life exactly as Elon Musk sees and processes life? The answer is you can't, and it applies to every living conscious being here on this pale blue dot. Hey, 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 everybody. Just when you thought in the shoes of may have skipped town and, you know, got lost at sea with all of the ships of filled with podcasts that started, but just kind of drifted away into the Bermuda Triangle or wherever. Well, that is not the case within the shoes of I am back. The podcast is back. I was in L.A. for a bit. Then I came back. It's a long story that I'm not going to tell right here, but. I'm going to publish an episode every Monday. That's right. I'm going to get some consistency going in here because it's been way too inconsistent. It's been an interesting ride. And I'm here to say that this thing is happening. And check it out. I, I've been traveling a bit with my new job, and which is really cool. I get to meet some pretty cool people just out there in the world. For instance, some people in Washington, D.C. And so I've just been recording kind of on the fly. It's a little bit rough, but I don't mind that. You know, I have this uh, condenser mic at home that I can use, but just out and about, sometimes I just break out the iPhone or one of my, you know, portable recorders. So I hope you enjoy it. This first, my first foray coming back into this scene is labeled DC Talks. It's in no relation to the band. Don't um, don't get me wrong there. And I hope that the band isn't offended. And I hope there's no legal implications. There is an S at the end of it. Just uh, letting you know, it's not DC Talk. It's DC Talks. So anyway, without further ado, let's start off with a 77-year-old taxi driver who was giving me a ride to a really cool cafe called Bus Boys and Poets, where I actually incidentally met someone else that was pretty freaking rad here you go i hope you like what is coming along are you a reporter no i'm not a reporter i just have a podcast where what we do is oh okay cool yeah it's just to get i like to get people's perspectives especially like you are it's awesome that you're a taxi driver in dc and you're how old again 77 77 that's that's awesome and can you repeat what you said about like instead of staying inside Uh, and enjoying life uh, what were you saying there again Uh, well uh, what i was trying to say was the reason of staying home feeling joint pain arthritis things that come with age yeah and arguing with a long time uh, partner of life so i skipped ahead a little bit to some more meat of the conversation. So here you go. You're obviously doing really well. I mean, you know, like I would have never guessed that you were 77, actually. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that's well, cool. I, I do exercise. I swim. Uh, I do a lot of things. And um, yeah. the problem with me, I have an appetite of 18 years old voice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good. Like me. Oh, yeah. That's great. But I burn it. Uh, yeah. Right. 
That's what I want to do too when I'm uh, oh, yeah, at that yeah. age. I want to be do exercise. Yeah, yeah, exercise. Walking, swimming, excellent. Yeah, it's great. Where Where are you from originally? I assume you are expecting me um, to be a foreigner, huh? No, I mean, you York? could be Baltimore, Maryland. New York. New York. New York. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, I mean, I no expectations. <laughs> no, 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 you know, no, no, you no, never know. No, just, well, you know, I enjoy this, uh, to be honest with you. The therapy session is sort of staying home, feeling the joint pain. Yeah. Uh, by talking to you, I'm... Uh, you are responding differently, and I'm learning out of. I'm from East Africa originally. Oh, cool! What what part? What country? The oldest Christian country. Oldest. That that is the only country that was not colonized. Free of Silas and two. Oh, I feel like I should know this one, but I uh, don't. There was an attempt by Italians twice in during Second World by War. By Italians. First World War and during Second World War. Okay, I'm gonna have to claim ignorance Three on here. History lesson to you think? I love it. I love it. Thank All right. You, thank you. Yeah. It's not. Um, no, it's not. There's only one country that was not colonized in Africa. That's it. But there was an attempt by Italians twice. But it was invaded by the Italians. Huh? I'm sorry. What? What did the Italians do? It's they turned Ethiopia. To... Oh, Ethiopia! Really, Ethiopia? Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. That's a. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Um. So the Italians tried to take over Ethiopia, but they failed. No, they didn't take over. There was they tried twice. Okay, but they could not succeed because the grandparents uh, sacrificed their flesh and bone. Yep, and delivered it to us. That's well, that's awesome from them. Yeah, well, yeah. to defend their yeah the country. I love your food. It's <laughs> outstanding. I I love. I just had Ethiopian food today. But um, I had an Ethiopian dish today, a lamb <laughs> stew. Oh, yeah. So good. I, I love it. But spicy, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was the perfect spice, though. So what would you say uh, makes Ethiopia even a, a, a much more a, a special country mm -hmm. among all countries of the world? Special country? Uh, <laughs> if you asked me this 30 years ago or 15 years ago, I would have answered it now. It's completely different. The younger generation, yeah, it's, it's completely does. They don't see, even seem to have a drop of the old Ethiopian behavior, character, understanding things of that nature. Sure, concern, love, inflation, missing. I don't know if it is due to economic scarcity or due to the lecture that has given by dictators who are in power now. Yeah. Do you think it has something to do with the kids? Maybe not. Oh yeah, taking yeah. like understanding Ethiopians, what. Uh, I don't mean to exaggerate it. To be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, very lovely and uh, very polite. Uh, those days there was no car. People walk. Uh, sure. From state to state. Yeah. If uh, there was no electric lights, the way it used to. Yeah. Oh well, no, if, no electric light even. Oh yeah. Like when you were growing up, there were no oh, no electricity. No electric. Well, when I was growing up, it's different. Yeah. Before where I was born, yes, there was no electricity. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So they use the certain lights and like candles. Yeah. But uh, people are so. If they see people walking or traveling for a long way, they stop by and say, "Why don't you stay overnight and leave tomorrow?" <laughs> that's so cool. Oh yes, that's. This is the yes. type of behavior that was there. I love that. But you say it's going away now? Oh, uh, well, uh, uh, now you don't even trust your own flesh and bone. 
brother or sister. It's, it's unfortunate. That's terrible. Would you say that it's like in Ethiopia or like just all over the world? Where Which one? The, the you don't trust your own flesh and bone. Well, that's very hard to generalize. I'm just of course. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, <laughs> let me tell you what, uh, one thing. Uh, those days, people go to business, I mean, uh, market. Yeah. They leave their dollar. It's not change a dollar, paper dollar. It is in silver. Uh-huh. They give title in a bag and give it to X or Y. Yeah. Who don't deliver it. You will not touch a penny out of it. <laughs> That's awesome. I swear I'm telling you the truth. That's what I've I seen by you. my own self. I've, I've noticed that. Yeah. You don't see that. Now, even if you go to somebody cheap to give it to X, certain amount, he will not deliver. Right. So we, you're saying there's like, yeah, lack of trust. Oh, uh, yeah. It's, yeah. It's a global thing, but uh, yeah. <laughs> this one uh, arrived here uh, recently. Yeah. It's unfortunate. That is unfortunate. What do you think we could do to get that back? To make it happen uh, well, again? More society here, there, or? Uh, both. Huh? Either. Uh, in Ethiopia or the States. Oh, wow. What are they doing? Oh. oh. Ethiopia or the states? Sure. Yeah. Or or let's just say in Ethiopia, what do you think needs to happen Uh, to make that happen again? Leaders should show good pattern. Good, Uh, big, good pattern. Gotcha. Yeah. Few spray or drop a drop. Wrong one. Wrong place. Okay. So listening to this now, I I honestly don't know what he was saying there. So if anybody can decipher that, please let me know. What what is your name, sir? Uh, I will let you, but don't don't mention it on the other uh, on the. Oh, okay. I won't. I'll just. I won't. Even, I don't even need it. Then it's fine. Thank you. I really appreciate. Yep, no problem. It's right on this phone. Ah, thank you. Right there, okay. If you want no, it's this is fine. No okay, thank you. Perfect. Sir. No, thank you. It's been a pleasure talking with you, and thank you for letting me record that. I I won't I won't mention your name. I don't know your name. So <laughs> here's a credit card. Yeah. Add on a uh, five dollar tip. Thank you, sir. Yeah, no uh, problem. Perfect. Thank you. All right. Very much. Hey, no, thank you. You have. Uh, that would be great. Yeah, if I could get one. You can just send it. Yeah, to email. That's fine. Perfect. All right. Thank, thank you, you so nice much. Hey, you have a nice, excellent nice one. Meeting nice you. meeting you. Thank you All right. I Keep more the. Than what I got now. Yeah. Really, lift boosts my. System. Good. It's Me too. Oh, yeah. Let's keep our our, our eighteen year old hunger. Yeah. And don't let anything inside. Nothing. Yeah. yeah. And not uh, anybody else stop us too. Absolutely. Okay. Cool. Thank you. Thank you. Thank we'll see you. All right. So that was the nameless taxi driver, which cool conversation, right? And I was going to include the conversation I conversation I had next up with. A guy at the cof- at the cafe where I was dropped off at, but it turns out he was he's related to a historical figure who was associated with even a, a pretty major historical figure. So I'm going to get in touch with his family, with his aunt, and make sure that the things that I say in it's going to be a different episode are in alignment with uh, you know just to show respect to the family, make sure that I'm uh, saying everything accurately and everything. So that said, I'm going to go straight to a conversation I had with some people who are running the longest standing 
peace protest in D.C. Without further ado, here we go. He's 100 hours a week, man. So. Uh, nice. Okay, so we'll start no, with no, the, no, no. the su- supervisor, the boss, the <laughs> manager is world, is the nuclear nuclear non-proliferation. That's true. There's no... I'm simply... I'm, I'm the volunteer. He's the vessel yeah. through which human rights and anti-war stuff goes. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, so can you tell me, like, so you uh, you kind of started this right here? No, no. Or, no? no William no. Thomas started Let me take you to over to William Thomas over here. Yeah, William oh, okay, Thomas sure. started. In started. June of, in June of uh, 1981, he okay. started it right there. Okay. He died in 09, and then Concepcion. So you can't see that right here, but it's a picture of him. Concepcion Pichotto from Spain, she joined him in 83. Okay. And she died in December or January of 2016. So she was here 33 years. Okay. Oh wow! And so it's just in this specific location, right in front exact of the White location. House. Just keep it right here going. Okay. But still, when we say single location, Lafayette Square. Lafayette Square. Lafayette Square. Lafayette Square. Lafayette Square. Okay, gotcha. Where you're standing, millions of people from around the world and around the country have stood right here. Yeah. Right. To protest or just come so, over and ask yeah. questions. Oh yeah, and just ask yeah. And greet us, you know. I yeah, mean, for sure. Um, until '95. Before the mural building in um, Oklahoma. in Oklahoma City was um, bombed, the street was able to run traffic. The night yeah. on uh, nine days after um, they had foiled uh, an attempt on Bill Clinton's life, yeah. and then they closed it because two major things: an attempt on Bill Clinton's life and the bombing of the uh, mural building in Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah, they had to close it down. Things gotcha. were getting suspiciously too close to, Ooh, to right, the, you know, to the shit hitting the fan. Yeah, as it as it does, especially right, yeah. in these days, right, when you have some people in office, right? Um, the, the good die young. Bobby Kennedy died young. Yeah, yeah. Kennedy did die young. Martin Luther King died young. Yeah, yeah. The good die young. You know, so to keep. I mean, Bill Clinton at the time. We're talking. I mean, we're talking twenty. So if you could encapsulate kind of what your, I guess, modus operandi, your mantra or mission is here. Could you, There's yeah, three on three the mission things. statement. Okay. World peace. Yep. Nuclear non-proliferations, that's nuclear weapons and the, the nuclear industry. Yep. And against human rights violations. And what now? Human rights violations. I dig it, man. So how do we do it? How do we stop, I mean, world peace, human rights violations? How do we How do we achieve all of this? We take it away from the politicians. Yeah. You know, the politicians, they're the ones that want to divide and conquer. Yeah. Um, they're the ones that want to say, hey, why don't the pigmentation of that guy make something different than you? No, we're from the human race. There's only right. one race. Stop with that question race. What? Right. Stop with the question sex on the job application. I want to know how good somebody can do the job. I don't care what's between her or his legs. You know? yeah. All right, brother. Hey, thanks for the yeah, Nice talking to you. What in love. Yeah. Yeah, so... So so what, what do, do we need to replace then the politicians with any with anybody or any, a group of people that can actually run things better? Well, one could argue that this vigil is a permanent grassroots institution. Yeah. And all we can do is pass messages and hope that the grassroots, uh, you know, it gets energized. I think this year they really are. So I think yeah. it's a very positive time this particular year. Sure. For well, it comes down to like ideology, right? Anyway, you can change the yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. very foundations well, of how even people think. Like people 
like there's some groups of people who think that they're superior to others. We know the, the names right. that they go by are endless. KKK, Nazi, neo-Nazi, um, white nationalist, um, right. Zionist. Now, you notice I didn't say Hebrew or Israeli. I said Zionist. And there's yeah. a big difference. Uh, yesterday, two guys that came up, they had already been, they came down here because they were going to speak out against the people that were against the reversal of the Iran yeah. agreement, but he, they came out to like 400 people. They tried to chat. They, they tried, oh, the he, Iran, these two right? tried to, backing out of the uh, Iran deal? Yeah. So, yeah. So these two tried to chant down 400 people, but they weren't having it. You know, they kept on hearing, they kept on listening to the Trump speech, the seven minutes of it, and the, they started thinking, wait, wait, this guy's off on a few things. They come over here, and uh, uh, DC Media Group, John Zangas, um, yeah. he talked to them for a little while, and he's a veteran, and yeah. he talked to them, and then they came over, and he's going, hey, that guy out there was telling us, you know, you go, who? And he goes, military veteran. And I go, which one? And he described what they was wearing, and I go, oh, that's John Zangas. Yeah, yeah, he was he a was veteran. He was, um, you know, so, and then... I go, hey man, you and him and a lot of people out here, you guys, there's a lot of you. And I go, look, go to your favorite search engine. So they went on to a far right wing search engine and I said, okay, USS Liberty, 1967. Put it in there and I go, attacked and sunk the USS Liberty by the Israeli Defense Force. And they said, do you know what? This, the USS Liberty was doing in the in the waters about 250 miles away. They're investigating things that were going on in Egypt. They weren't even that close to, to Israel. They still bombed them out of the water. And then we went through a few other things and they said, so you're not against us. Like you're talking to us like you're okay with us. I go, I mean, you guys look like civilian Israelis. And he goes, yeah. yeah. And he goes, you're not part of the Zionist system that has control of their government. So how can I be against you? You're the, you're the civilians that I want to be released from that. Even whether you're um, Hebrew, Israeli, Palestinian, um, Christian, practitioner of Judaism, Muslim, or atheist. I don't exactly. care. I just want you guys to live, live freely there. And, I, you know, and I, I do want some accord toward a minimum of some area being returned to being called Palestine. I don't yeah. want that part. And they, wanted, they looked amongst themselves and they said, you know, because you actually stand up for Israelis and Hebrews, and between them, they pulled out $12 and they said, one what? It's $1 each for each of the 12 tribes of Israel. 12 tribes, yeah. So yeah. one what? They, they understood my message. My message is not hatred for, for Hebrews or Israelis. No, of course not. Right. I mean, what did I already ridiculous. mention to you? Just like I a, said, the, the politician part. I mean, not Buddhist, but with Muslims, you know, you, yep. you can, the nation of Islam. You know, a lot of people like there's some. Some people see it as a stigma almost. Where really, there's over a billion Muslims in the world, and for you to hate every single person just because of a few radical person, that's ridiculous. Right. You know, I know so many beautiful Muslims in the world. Yes, we do. It's for killing all Christians because of Timothy McVeigh, right? Yeah, precisely. <laughs> right, precisely. Right. Precisely. That or, or, or just, Dylan Roof. Actually, yeah. actually, it's crazy. The name, the name Jesus Christ came out of the mouth of Charlie Manson quite a few times. Yeah. So, so I'm. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure we'll get the Crusades too. Right? Yeah, I mean, true, true. yeah, we can, we can go we down the line. We have so many things that we can. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Anyway, well, I'm sorry. I think I interrupted you. What were you going to say earlier? I was going to say my my message is consistent. 
It's not against the civilians of the planet. Yeah. It's against the political institutions, the politicians. But there's no, there's, there isn't a civilian that's powerful enough to launch their nation's military into war against any nation that I'm living in or vacationing in. Yeah. It's firmly in the hands of the politicians. And what does the lead politician do? They go to Congress or they go to Parliament or they go to the ministers or they go to their committees. And all of them that are on their committees, their ministers, their parliament or their Congress are also politicians. So it's never in our hands as civilians. But then later on, people say, oh, look, the, the Yugoslavs went into war against us. No. Yugoslavs didn't go into war against anybody. They had to, by threat of being killed and their families being eliminated off the face of the earth, had to go to the war because of what the countries made up the I mean, here we have our army after a certain point, but before yeah. the Port, of course, we had to draft. Yeah. You know? so, so here it's a little different, but in a lot of other countries, we know they're forced to returning to the, the one country, Israel. And it's not the only country, definitely. But when you hit 18, if you're a high school graduate, you have to. You have to, join yeah. The yeah. I've met plenty of Israelis out there. Where, yeah, you have to. Right yeah. after. Yeah. You know, one thing about this space that is very special, you figure every foreigner comes to the U.S., they come to D.C., they come to this space to see the White House. Of course. Every American, the first time they visit D.C., they come to this space to see the White House. This is like a crossroads of the world. And you figure many people, say from China and Russia, maybe they've never seen a protester in their lives. Right. And you figure many people from small towns in the U.S., they have never seen a protester. So I feel that we're doing a, a constitutional service by being here, by uh, whatever the cause is, whether it's left or right, liberal, conservative, whatever. Yep. But right. the fact that it, the, the permanent vigil is one for human rights and anti-war yep. rather than pro-war and pro and anti-human rights says a lot. Of, right? <laughs> and it seems obvious, right? Those are Aryan edifice in the neighborhood. And it's right across the street from me. That's pro-war. Yeah, and, right. And, and believe me, anti-human rights, no matter the president. Did Leonard Peltier get human rights under Democrat presidents? No. He's been in there since um, Ford. Carter's a Democrat. Okay. Reagan. George Herbert Walker Bush. Clinton's a Democrat. George W. Bush. Barack Obama's a Democrat. How about Leonard Peltier? So one one, we're not ever gonna say Democrats flawless in their running of the government. No, oh, no. We're yeah. not gonna say that. We were no. diligently out here. October third, twenty fifteen, we raised huge stink about Doctors Without Borders getting attacked in Afghanistan. And twenty-eight US and four Canadian civilian doctors losing their life because because our military intelligence told the commander-in-chief that that was an Al-Qaeda no, yeah, an Al-Qaeda train bomb. And it wasn't. It was Doctors Without Border Doc Hospital oh, yeah. where the yeah. where civilian Afghanis had been injured by um, the forces that were not only U.S., but they were U.S., British, and French forces. Yep. And they were just taking care of civilians that had been injured. Yeah, which, yeah, and that's not good at all. That was your figure. Whatever restricted uh, freedoms that we have here at this space was, was gotten by the grassroots. It's like yep. Helen Keller once said, there are no inalienable rights, like Thomas Jefferson said in the Declaration of Independence. She said, whatever rights we have, they're ones we fought for. Yeah, you have own. to fight for it. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's something that we have to remember, too, how many people have actually lost their lives oh, yeah. to yeah. get yeah. to, you know. Yeah, yeah. So.
Now, William Thomas, Conceptual, and Ellen Thomas and I um, have all gone to court to keep this here. So, um, but we don't do it for ourselves. We do it because we want the end of the nuclear um, era. We want right. we want all human rights violations to end throughout the planet. Now, will we ever get world peace? We can make the world a, a more peaceful planet without human rights violations, without nuclear weapons. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. And it just probably is going to take that next step in human that evolution, the evolution of our consciousness, really. Just get past a lot of our petty... Yeah, well, anyway, before I, mean, I go on my own tirade. Right, know, right. I mean, Ga- but... Gandhi was a step and people didn't listen, but a lot of people remember Gandhi. Yeah. You know, Marcus Garvey was a step and people didn't listen, but a lot of people remember Garvey. Martin Luther King was a step and people didn't listen, but a lot of people remember him. When you well, say when you say step, what? It, it was they were a step in the consciousness. Oh, oh getting that, to that next saying, level. Got, that you. Guy, Got that you. That guy did great things. You know, instead yeah. of yep. instead of what those people that have been before them and in between them that were great too, but they didn't reach enough people, unfortunately. With the Kennedys. Well, Bobby, Bobby was going to be an amazing president, you know, but he had to be taken out because, you know, he talked to that. that. And yet yet Bobby grew. I mean, when he was attorney general, he was promoting and building the war in Vietnam. And and it was in five years he shifted. And I don't think it was a fake shift. I think he really did totally shift on the war. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. Wait, well, I, I appreciate your time, guys. Seriously, yeah. I'm gonna. I have a podcast. I'll put the, some of this footage on there, and right on. you know, there. So right I appreciate well, the perspective. You, know, you were asking earlier about, yeah. you know, sort of what do we do? Well, just look at what happened in West Virginia. In West Virginia, the law in West Virginia is it is illegal for teachers to strike. And what are they going to do? Put all fifty-four thousand teachers in jail? Right. You know, it can't happen. In other words, if you get enough people and organize, in a sense, we can do anything. And yeah. it doesn't matter what the laws are, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, Martin Luther King Jr. He was breaking the law every day with his civil rights movement. The laws are not always so, right. So it shows and, that we and, know that. And Sojourner Truth. Oh yeah. Well yeah. before Martin, and you know, so yeah. it goes. Frederick Douglass. Frederick Douglass. Oh, Dare man. him learn how to read. Yeah, he was man. not supposed to learn how to read because one at that time he wasn't allowed to be taught. It's amazing how we don't think about that. Just follow the rules, follow the rules. And no, actually, sometimes those rules implemented by other people who have their own biases and agendas right. need to be broken, obviously. Right. right. Yeah. So, no, that's cool. Yeah, people say law and order, and I'm thinking, well, uh, does that mean that we should have followed the law in uh, pre-Civil War days and so, turn in slaves? And, um, <laughs> so, so, exactly. W.E.B. Du Bois, he should have yes. never, ever been part of any organization that did amazing work that still to this day goes on. Yep. So, yep. I mean, so we could go back. Doesn't have to be Cesar Chavez. Yeah, Cesar Chavez. Yeah. Yeah, totally, yeah. man. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, let's keep on making those people that are steps. I'm going to borrow that from you. He was a step. I'm going to make him like, uh, yeah, uh, and steps. You know, and Dig I can it. see making like a video, like a stairway to heaven. The, 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 the song that was actually plagiarized, by, you know, it was Robert Johnson's song that they turned That's into right. a right. Oh, my friend's going to be so grateful to hear that because he gets yeah. so pissed off when <laughs> about, yeah, anyway, go ahead. What, but, you know. That song, Stairway to Heaven, and it could just be the steps. And you see, and you want to be Buddha could be in that one of those steps, and yep. so could uh, Rosanish, and so could Jesus Christ, and so could, and but yep. you know, you have a lot of steps that eventually get you to that step that one we finally get it all. 
And maybe it's not here today, but one it might be here right. in 15 years. Maybe I the staircase of widens too, and like all of a sudden, all these people are on these steps, you know. Yeah. yeah. And, and you have everything represented, like Hindu, you know, Buddha. You have everybody, a CD. Everything. You have okay. Bob Marley could be a step because his lyrics definitely oh, yeah. talked yeah. about yeah amazing. I see Bob Marley is a step there. It's the greatest political music in the history of the planet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sir. Yeah, not just him, but the whole body out, out of Jamaica. Yep. But, you know, speaking of steps, you know, not only should we be activists, we personally, but we got to pass it on to the younger. I mean, every my, I have a granddaughter who's 25. Every yep. Christmas and every birthday, I pass on to her books and DVDs about radicalism in the past and, and activism in the past and our yep. heroes and heroines, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, because I want her to know the past and to be proud of it and to build on that. Yep. Some of the kids when Stoneman Douglas came through here the day after all right, all the, right, march, the, you know, the March for Life. And they're talking to me, and they're, they said one of their, you know, three teachers died. One of their what now? Three teachers died in that attack. Those are 17 people, three of them were faculty. Said that one of them was teaching them some things on civics and spoke on the vigil in the longest lasting uh, protest in the United States. Actually, the longest lasting protest in the history of the American continental shelf. So North, South, Central America, and the Caribbean combined. But, but they had a good teacher that they lost and you know they they lost friends that were their age but they also found lost educators that they loved yeah you know it wasn't only a youth movement but the youth are now grabbing and having they want to have control of it and i have no problem with that they know how to use things that weren't available in the 70s when i organized protests against vietnam war yeah right or when he was going to protest rallies in the 60s or Joe Brown that just left here was in the early 70s as well. But I love that they have the tools now to do a podcast, to do a live stream, to do what I want people to show me how to do it. (laughs) You know, because (laughs) some of us, some of us are in the 50s, I'm 56. And older don't know how to do it that well. You can do it though. You can do it. You can do it from right here. Not a problem. uh, Trump's initial ban on, on Muslims. Within 24 hours, every airport in America was flooded with people. I mean, that's the power of the podcast. And, yeah. and, and then right. by 11.30, because the first one, D.C. time was at 8.15 a.m., and by 11.30, three hours and 15 minutes later, without any group organizing, over 6,000 people were in the park. Wow. Yeah. It's because it's in front of the White House. Yeah. So that's why this area is very, very um, – the um, the science march, the climate march, the yep. women's march – and they all come by even even when everyone was pushed out of the park on it because the, the day of the inauguration and the second day they still had to take down the fences. And they were coming by and they were leaving their picket signs along the fence and bringing wiring to like make sure that they secured it as much as they could. Believe yep. me, I, I was gifted some of them and and we, we were encouraging the women. We had a deal... With Dunkin' Donuts, they were sending over, eight, you know, the coffee crafts and cups oh, yeah. and creamers yeah. and different sweeteners. And then the donuts were cut in quarters. Yep. So, like, anybody, just keep on giving them out, keep on giving them out. And then we didn't know. But at the end, what happened is 
um, they came by with a hundred dollar gift card for my three helpers and a two hundred dollar gift card for me. We aren't doing it for that, but yeah, I figure since but she's yeah. testifying before Congress, it's important to have. Yeah. So, about yes. so I mean, yeah. so that's cool. I mean, once you do things like that, if people are of the same mindset, they'll want to help. Even, even if it was only that manager who is who is Iraqi. Man, it's Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. 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 yeah, which is it's it's awesome. Yeah. Do, you, do you guys have any um, a website or anything? Um, anything that I can refer the, 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 the listeners to? Yeah, yeah, they can go. Um, the fa- the, okay, DC Media Group. DC Media Group. And I've mentioned that in there. So when you listen to a DC Media Group, um, John Zangus has a lot of things on this protest, a lot of um, posts. Oh, okay, and uh, cool. videos and then also that that a few of those will link you to the youtube programs are in spanish arabic the canadian i mean all over the world um that have done come and done interviews with us okay cool and what, what's your name again yeah my religion's love. <laughs> love is a religion love is a religion if you say thou shalt not kill that's love All right, so I'm going to stop the tape there. He obviously got into a conversation with someone else who was asking some questions. So I just let him roll on without even getting his name. And that's totally all right. But it was really interesting. It's right in front of the White House. And if you go to D.C., you'll know those guys will be right there. Um, you know, it looks like they have a like tent structure going on and some signs. Although it almost feels like you're you're watching a Vietnam era protest movie or something like that uh you know it's it's just in- interesting so and when i mentioned it to one of my friends greg he was like oh yeah it's the longest standing protest and you know whatever i was like all right well i did not know that but now i do and knowing is good knowing things anyway the next and last portion of this episode i went to the museum of african-american history and culture This place is absolutely fantastic, and I totally recommend going to it if you are ever in D.C. Um, And if you've already gone, go again. It just, it's a good reminder of everything that took place, not only the gruesome details associated with slavery and segregation, bigotry, all of that, but also pinpointing all of the really amazing aspects of African-American culture and history. So totally worth it. Definitely recommend going. Now, each one of us, we're going to have different reactions, depending on how we were raised, of course. You know, so me being a white dude growing up in the middle of Nebraska, I realized I was going to have a different reaction, which is always very visceral for me. So I'm like, oh, it's it's just so heartbreaking, especially when I'm seeing you know, uh, uh, how slaves were transported across the Atlantic and all that. It's just, it's brutal. It's gruesome. It's hard to watch. It's hard, you know, it's just, wow, it gets crazy. And then I was like, how does a person of color see that? You know, how does someone who has African roots, uh, what do they feel when they see that? And so I asked someone, Right after I, I got out of the museum, it was in kind of a daze because there was this juxtaposition of, wow, this visceral experience in the museum. But then coming outside and it was just a beautiful, gorgeous day. So it's just this, uh, it's like your senses are 
a, a little bit, I don't know, uh, battered in, in uh, an interesting way. But anyway, the answers I got were, were great. And I am really thankful for uh, Tiffany and her mother for taking the time to, uh, to answer a few questions that I had. So I hope you enjoy it as much as I enjoyed and appreciated their time and their answers. Oh, and the mother's name is Carla. All right, cool. It's going. So what's what's your name? My name's Tiffany. Tiffany, cool. Nice to meet you, nice Tiffany. To meet you. So going into this, into the African American History Museum here in, in the States, right? All right, that was a bit of a rocky start. Anyway, bear with me. It's it'll hopefully get better. It, it will get better. How did you feel? What was your reaction there? Kind of like I told my mom, it's nice to kind of go into a museum and learn about your history and not be reduced to a section. Yeah. So to have the entire museum about you, it's, you know, and go in and relate to everything and every picture and every story. It's it's kind of just, it's it's nice. It's a nice feeling. Yeah. No, that's good. The, I mean, obviously, you know, I'm going to have a different experience. You know, going in there, it's like brutal for anybody, I think, going out, especially at the lower level to see all the crazy stuff. How, what's kind of your, your like reaction to that? Because I um, imagine it's not brutal for me because it's okay. my history. So yeah. even though it may not be taught in its full in schools or taught, you know, or spoken about on the History Channel as much. Yeah. My mom told me, my grandmother so told me, I, I know good. of my history. So, good. you know, seeing it in a museum is just more information for me. Yeah, gotcha. It just like solidified yeah. everything that your mom had taught you. Uh, that's cool. And uh, so what are your thoughts about right now, present day? What what do we need to work on? And that's like a loaded question because <laughs> look who we have in the White House for one thing. And then... <laughs> Do we want to go there? <laughs> Everybody's laughing, folks. <laughs> um, yeah, let's go there because I think it's on. I mean, it's on everybody's mind, you know. So I think we need to still engage. Someone like Lady I was talking to yesterday, we're like, the battle's not done yet. You know, no. Obviously, I mean, you know, if you look at history, it's repeated itself from C3, which was 1400s through what, 1860 something. And then it repeated itself again with the civil rights movement and it's repeating itself now. So it's nothing, you know, we get a little bit closer and then we fight again and we get a little bit closer and now we're fighting again so that we can get even further and even closer to being equal, to being truly free in this country, to be who we are. Yeah. What do you think needs to happen? For them to concentrate on business. This is Tiffany's mom jumping in. You know, everybody think we okay. hate Donald Trump. We don't hate Donald Trump. Right. We just hate what he stood for. He stood for a lot of meanness and pettiness. Right. He was voted to be about business. And right. he hadn't been doing business. He's you know he's worked on segregating, discriminating, and, and eliminating. This is an intentional pause because I felt like that was very well stated. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. And if he focused more on, like my mom said, business and running this country like a business and not worrying about what color someone is or what religion they practice or where they came from, from. we would would be so much farther. 
How much do you think of an influence the uh, political leaders have, and do we need to change that whole system up That's from the ground up? That's one of the up. questions I wrote on uh, one room, and they had to ask you, what was your position, what needs to happen? Yep. We need to have term limits. Congressmen yep. should not be in there for the rest of their life. Yep. If we can limit, eliminate, uh, have term limits on the president, we should have term limits on the Congress. Mm -hmm. No more than six to eight years. We don't have a pension for serving six to eight years. Why should yeah. they have one? Cut that out. That's right. where you're going to say the billions of dollars that we need to get ahead of this country. Because uh, as this country continues to change, as people have more technology, learn more, understand more, you're having people that have been in Congress who were there in the 60s. They don't understand the kids of today, you know, the climate of today. They don't understand what we want. And so, you know, that's just something that just needs to happen. Turnover, new blood, new thinking, new ideas, new understanding of, because you're going to have kids that are in school right now that truly don't see color and truly don't see, you know, sexual orientation. And they don't see any of that. And they do think everybody is equal. And we still have congressmen that are in there that don't understand that and want right. to, you know, say, you know, gays don't have rights or women should not have abortions. It, it doesn't make any sense. Everybody, we all need to be like more, more educated about mm -hmm. the whole yes. thing, right? Education. Maybe that's what it comes down to, right? And, that, is and that's why this is important because, you know, yep. just, you know, watching when we were in the music area, what was that, on the third floor upstairs? Yeah. And we were just reminiscing about music and her music and my music. Yeah. I know all of her music because that's what she listened to. And my children yeah. will know all of my music and all of her music. And they will know all of my grandmother's music yep. because I listen to all of it. Yep. And it's just, it, this museum is awesome because we can just sit in there and reminisce and I can listen to her all went to that concert and it was yep. great. And then how it felt when I went, got to my section. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. So, yeah, and that's probably where, you know, for me, it's all about trying to find that where it hits people right in the heart, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. to actually try to have some empathy and understand what's going on with another person or group of people or whatever, you know. One of the most recent things is the Emmett Till. Is what now? Emmett Till, the uh -huh. Emmett Till room. Yep. You know, he was killed because a woman lied on him. Uh -huh. And just finding out now, she admitted to lying on him and what's being done to her today. Absolutely nothing. nothing. That child got killed for no reason. No reason at all because she lied. Yeah. And today, How many years she, last been? year, she admitted to it, or, or two years she admitted to it. That's and nothing's right. being done to her. That's right. And that's, that, right. that's the most perfect. That's where I felt the most because I could feel that pain of that mother knowing her child did absolutely nothing. And today, yeah. this woman is walking that. free, living her life. Yep. And her son was just cut down. Yep. And it, it, a teenage, he hadn't even been done. Yeah, yeah, and no. Nothing's happened to her, you know. Absolutely nothing. Yep, that's. I think Dave Chappelle did a, a little mm -hmm. skit on that, didn't yeah, he? You he saw did. that? Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. Yeah, but it's, it's something we we talk about. It's something Black families talk about in the tale. Yeah, and it it doesn't matter because in the climate, it still happens. Right. It, it doesn't matter what a white person says; they're going to be believed over a black person. Yep. So we have to be on our p's and q's yeah. and it watch out for ourselves yeah. because they can be reckless. Yeah. So you think so even today it's and I think way. I'm and I'm asking this because even not, if she was convicted, that would be something, you yeah. know, and something. She, right. Yeah. And if she didn't have to serve time, but at least convicted. they brought her up to to own what she did. It, exactly. She needs to own something, Just some sort of public communication. Yeah. She basically was a murderer. Right. So even even today, and I'm asking this question because I think a lot of people still don't get it. Um, you think that today even. 
you still have to mind your P's and Q's a little bit more and that you feel that, you know, it's worse. It's worse now. Yeah, it's worse. How so? Can you elaborate on that? Because this is because people have owned houses in white neighborhoods and they've been called on saying they're breaking into their own house. Mm-hmm. Wait, yeah. wait, say that again. They had a story on this man was moving into his house. Yeah, they called the police on him. So he was oh, robbing his house. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he's moving he's in. Moving in. And, and oh, again, man. someone yeah. being reckless. Yeah, you know, you and then know. I remember reading that, and yeah. then looks, looking at the comments, and people say, like, "All oh, the police, this, all the police." Said, no, the police came to do their job. Yeah. It was whatever white person what was in that building who was yeah. being reckless. Right. Right. Yeah, I think I even saw something about like a pizza delivery guy or something, you know, just yeah. or whatever. And then you they know? had another one. There was three filmmakers renting a home. Yeah. And then they, they didn't wave at the neighbor across the street, so she called the police and said they were robbing the house. But they had rented a home. They were leaving. Their time was up. I mean, th- that's the kind of cramp we, we now have to deal with. Right, right. And then what if uh, the policemen that came to that, she said it was seven cops that were surrounded them. Yeah. What if they came with guns blazing? Mm-hmm. Well, exactly. For exactly. No reason. And why? Because this woman didn't know what the uh, person who owned the house rented those people to. Yeah, because they... He didn't ask for color. He, yeah. It was a business transaction. Yeah. And this woman was just all on color. Black people coming out with suitcases. So, yeah. And it's just like, oh, too many movies or yeah. whatever mm-hmm. scene and right. all that. I'm like, oh, it, obviously, it's a person of color. Right. must be robbing. And, you know, it can't actually. Yeah. 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 The only oh, thing now is that it's being filmed. You know, like yeah. it's, it, everybody yes. has their cell phone. Everybody's being filmed doing these crazy things. And, you know, people of color, you know, we can't react to it because it's a, when the police come, we're going to get shot. They're not going to shoot the white person. Yeah. They're going to shoot us because they're going to assume that we are the aggressor. Which is just crazy to me, but I know it's true. I yeah. mean, even with right now, it's still mm-hmm. happening out there. You know, a person of color driving their car gets pulled over, yeah. Oh, yeah. you know, or they have a kid with them. You know, they have to actually be concerned about how they're, you know, yeah. the welfare know, of their kids and all that. And even before I was born, it's always been that way. But yeah. now people can see it. So yeah. black people always yeah. knew that happened. It's so funny because, it, it, you know, you get the reactions of my white friends and they're just like, oh, I can't believe this happened. It's always been happening. Yeah. It's you not, this is that? absolutely nothing. Well, nothing how do new. you feel about it? I can't feel anything about it because it happens all the time. Yeah. I mean, gotcha. you know, when we say it, you're like, oh, that's one in two cases or whatever. Yeah. No, it's pretty much 10 out of 10. It's been years and years of it. It's not it's something today. you learn. It's, so it's not it's just, something that just yeah. happened because everybody got cell phones. It's always been happening, but who you can report it to? Report yep. it to the people that just beat you? Right. Or oh. shot you or shot your family member? Who you gonna report it to? Yeah, that's so, that's true. And you know, there people are talking about that too, with like, oh, the, the alt right and the the neo Nazi movement and all that stuff is going on. Normal. And that's like, yeah. oh, so no, we've we've had those, yeah. those yeah. crazy people I mean, around anyway all the time. We always knew them. They just call uh-huh. themselves a new name, but they still the Ku Klux Klan. Yeah, they right? just changed their name. That's it. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. man. But it was seriously. I'm. Thank you so much for, uh, you know, giving me the time to, uh, you know, I'm going to put this on my podcast. It's called In the Shoes of. If you want to check it out, I'll probably put this out in a couple of weeks. But you're Tiffany. What's your name? Carla. Carla. So nice to meet you. I'm Jeremy. Tiffany. Carla. Thank you so much. It's In the Shoes of. In the Shoes of. It's all about getting into the shoes of somebody else. Are you on Apple Podcasts? Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm there. All right. Cool. I have a podcast. Oh, there we go. It's perfect. (laughs) Good to hear. Thank you so much again. I really do appreciate that. You too. All right. So. 
I'm just getting started with this whole, this different format. Uh, obviously, I'm going to have some interviews like before too, where, you know, I'll be doing some remote interviews. I wanted to do it like just purely live, get it more rough, but it's just hard to get to all the people that I want to get to and have on the show like that. So it's going to be a little bit of hybrid. Sometimes it's going to be just right there off the cuff, right in the streets of wherever, like DC or recently in Montreal too. I met a really interesting guy, which will be coming up. I'll also have another guy, like I was alluding to earlier, and possibly some additional conversations because of uh, just his family history, but I'll get to that in a bit. And at the end of this, I'm going to have my normal outro, outro music and outro message and all that. But after that, I have some sound bites just from inside the museum itself. I hope that that's okay with the museum. If it's not, please let me know and I'll take it down. But I just want to include that just so that you could kind of vicariously experience it just with the the sounds that were inside of the museum, some that I that I experienced. And, you know, maybe it'll just get you into a uh, contemplative state or or maybe not. Maybe you don't need to hear it. It's fine either way, but it's going to be there. So. That's why this this episode is probably going to look a little bit long, um, as they can be a little bit. Let me know if you guys think that the the episodes are too long. Who knows if I'll actually change it up? I don't know. But anyway, thank you so much for listening. Once again, I'm back. The podcast is back and consistently back every Monday. Release, rain or shine or internet connection or not. I don't know how that would work, but uh, I got to figure out a way, right? There are coffee shops and stuff, right? Starbucks around every corner, even in my closet, as my friend Annie's dad would uh, put it once, I believe. Isn't that right, Annie? Anyway, I will talk to all of you at some point in time in the future. And thanks for listening. Cheers. Bye-bye. Hey, thank you so much for checking out this episode of In the Shoes Of. If you like or don't like the podcast, feel free to leave a review or reach out to me. My email is jnickel42 at gmail.com. Can't promise you I'll get back to you right away, but I'll definitely try and get to it. Anyway, thank you so much for checking it out. Until the next time, see you later.
Atlantic slave was the largest migration in human history. The Atlantic world, the connection of four continents that shape the rim of the Atlantic Ocean, came into being based on the labor and forced movement of enslaved Africans. Atlantic world slavery, also considered New World slavery, exploited human lives to build wealth and power nation states, colony, institutions, and individuals. It also commercialized and racialized slavery. Between 1501 and 1866, at least 12,500,000 enslaved Africans were shipped to the Americas. Close to 400,000 of them were brought to North America. Europeans built an economy based on slavery and the New World plantation system. To make vast profits from the global demand for sugar, rice, tobacco, and coffee, they invested in slave labor to clear land, grow crops, and to provide a luxurious lifestyle. Regardless of the moral issue of enslaving another immigrant. Olara Equiano was kidnapped and enslaved at age 11 and taken to the Caribbean and the Americas. Equiano endured the horrific experience of New World enslavement. In his autobiography, he recalled, 
In a little time after, amongst the poor chained men, I found some of my own nation, which in a small gave me. The church, governments, and companies invested in the business of slavery. The sale of enslaved African American six hundred Negroes developed early in the nation by purchasing so great a The slaves were so crowded that they were obliged to lie upon them. Such as you and Morgan, a partner in one of the largest slave owners in the The officers are permitted to indulge their passions, sometimes at such brutal excesses as disgrace human nature. The very first salute I had from them was a blow on the back part of the head with the thought of a gun, and at the same time a grasp around the neck. All of us were put into the castle and kept for market. I and the prisoners were put on board under our master and rowed away to a vessel belonging to Rhode Island. In some instances, a few Africans in America have limited degrees of freedom. On large occasions, enslaved people made up the majority. This enabled them to maintain cultural practices and create new American cultures. In large port cities like Charleston, New Amsterdam, and Philadelphia, enslaved men, women, and children often served in a variety of trades. Ethnic craftsmen, stock workers, and local vendors. In bustling cities, free and enslaved Africans had more opportunities to meet, build relationships, and share information. On small, rural farms, enslaved people often formed close relationships with American Indians and European indentured servants. They labored, lived, and rebelled together. The dependency on slave labor spread across North America, from Dutch New Amsterdam to the colonies, as well as in French Louisiana and Spanish Florida. With the reliance on enslaved populations, new laws defined who was enslaved and who would be. By 1750, the system of slavery was racialized and become more uniform. The law was slaved on African descent and made it hereditary and lifelong. This separated indentured Europeans and enslaved Africans, created whiteness, and Africans became black in colonial North America. The race-based system of slavery was cemented into law. It was fundamental to the growing colonial economy and would prove instrumental to the founding of the United States.
When Africans arrived in colonial America, they encountered different environments and varying slavery. From rocky coastlines to dense small camps, he gave misinformation to the British, risking his life so that America could pledge a victory at Yorktown and secure British surrender. American independence brought liberty for some, but not all. Africans who had fought for the British fled Canada, where they gained freedom, but faced racism. Frustrated, Thomas Peters, a black pioneer's regiment, petitioned for better conditions and even secured immigration from Nova Scotia to Sierra Leone for hundreds of black loyalists. Africans who served as American patriots found freedom restricted and even revoked after the war. As the new nation continued to wrestle with slavery and freedom, African Americans inspired others throughout the Atlantic world to continue to fight for freedom. From their earliest forced arrival in colonial North America, enslaved Africans had rebelled. They watched with personal interest as mounting tension between British troops and local seamen exploded onto the streets of Boston in 1770. At the helm was Crispus Attucks, a 47-year-old sailor and fugitive slave. He became the first casualty in the Boston Massacre, and his act of defiance marked the beginning of March Toward Revolution. By April 1775, Massachusetts militiamen clashed with British troops launching the Revolutionary War. The convict touched everyone, enslaved People were talking. Caroline, 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 Caroline,
sold at auction with the average of 14 and 25. 28% were under the age of 13. Many were taken from loved ones, never to be seen again. Henry Bill, born a slave in Kentucky, and his six siblings were sold to different buyers. Bibb attempted escape several times before he finally succeeded. By 1850, the Fugitive Slave Act required all Americans to return escaped slaves to slave owners. The national investment in slavery grew strongly as millions of lives continued to be torn apart by the domestic slave trade. And mothers stood the screaming and sold the dearest Just like you was a host. 
Shepard Malley, Frank Baker, and James Townsend crossed Union lines and entered Fort Monroe. They declared themselves free. Tens of thousands of At the local level, African Americans continue to push for equal rights. They demanded equal rights and celebrated the passage of the 14th Amendment, which granted African American citizenship and equal protection law. And they pressed for the right to vote, which was secured in part by the 15th Amendment. With the vote, African Americans ushered in change and held elective office in every southern state. They instituted the South's first public school system, fair labor laws, and debt relief. With more than 1,500 African-American men elected office, black voters recognized the impact of the political power they now held. They pressed to expand American freedoms in the House and in the Senate. Representative Robert B. Elliott, speaking to the House of Representatives, said, It is a matter of regret to me that it is necessary this day that I should rise in the presence of an American Thank <laughs> you. 